Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today Rabbi Schneider presents another message in his fascinating series called A Parallel Reality. Beyond our physical reality, there is a parallel realm where all things will eventually pass away and be made new. In today's study, Rabbi Schneider describes this heavenly domain. It's called the kingdom of God, and it's in this kingdom that freedom and victory reign. And if you're a note taker, be sure to visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and download Rabbi's helpful study guide for this series. It'll help you make the most of Rabbi's teaching about finding a seat in the heavenly places with Jesus. I'm excited. I've got a very important word for you today. I wanna begin just by inviting Father's presence. Father God, we bless you today. We love you today. I wanna thank you, Father God, for your children that you've given me the privilege of ministering to today. Father, I pray that you would give each one of us a conscious awareness of the Holy Spirit, of your presence, and of the love of Jesus. Father, we give you the glory today in Jesus' name and for Yeshua's fame, amen and amen. At Lion of Judah World Outreach Center, we dedicated to the Lord a special room in our building for 24-7 prayer. And by God's grace, we have had somebody in our prayer room 24 hours a day, seven days a week for over eight years. We came up with the name the Key of David because the scripture says that Jesus holds the Key of David. And the Key of David was intimacy. David was a man that was after God's own heart. So every year during the anniversary, we bring a special word and I usually share with people the concept of 24-7 prayer and I talk about Revelation chapter five, verse number eight. And we see beloved ones in Revelation chapter five, verse eight, that before the throne of God, there is a harp that's playing represented sanctified vertical worship music. What I mean by vertical worship music, I mean that it's songs that are being sung directly to God not songs that are being sung about God, which I would call horizontal worship music, but rather vertical music. So we're actually singing to God himself. So before the throne of God in Revelation 5, 8, we have a harp that's playing, music that's ascending to the throne of the Lord in worship. And mixed with the music we read in Revelation 5, 8 is a bowl of incense. And there's smoke coming from the bowl of incense And the incense we read in scripture represents the prayers of the saints. So before the throne of God, the atmosphere of heaven contains two things. Number one, it contains sanctified worship music ascending to the Lord and the prayers of God's people that are ascending to him. And in Revelation 5, where we see the bowl of incense representing the prayers of the saints and the harp, the worship music being played, it's not like the harp plays and then stops and then the prayers are said, and then they stop, and then the harp starts again. It's not like we do oftentimes in typical churches where we worship in song, and then we stop worshiping in song, and then we pray. No, in Revelation 5.8, the two are mixed together. So the worship music and the incense are intermingled with each other, both ascending to the Lord at the same time. So what we have in the prayer room, beloved ones, is vertical worship music, mixed with prayers at the same time with the worship music. 
So again, this has been going on now by the grace of God. Someone's been in our prayer room 24 hours a day, seven days a week for over eight years. Our goal is to have somebody in the prayer room when Jesus returns. Isn't that awesome? And so every year that we've celebrated an anniversary, I've always preached a message on Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, the principles of this type of ministry. But this year, I felt the Lord giving me a different type of message. I felt like the Lord was giving me something that would inspire people to sit at the feet of Jesus in the prayer room. In other words, how could we have kept this prayer room going for eight years? It's because people believe that by spending time at the feet of Jesus in the prayer room, that God is going to do something in their lives, that he's going to change them that he's gonna reveal himself to them, that he's gonna empower them, that he's gonna impart his glory to them, that he's gonna give them an increase in revelation. So in other words, for people to make the commitment like they do to come to the prayer room at two in the morning, at four in the morning, at five in the morning, in addition to all the other normal times of the day, in order for people to do that and to do it faithfully and consistently for eight years, they must believe that they're gonna receive something from being there. And so this year, I really wanted to focus once again as I preached on the eighth year anniversary of the prayer room. I wanted to preach a message that would inspire people to continue to sit before the Lord, to come to the prayer room so that they would see value in simply sitting at the feet of Jesus in the prayer room. Now, we know that we can pray anywhere. In fact, we're commissioned by Jesus to pray continuously. And yet we also see that there's a place in our lives to go to a lonely place to pray. Do you know that Jesus, before he was about to go to the cross, he brought his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, a lonely place to pray. We find that Jesus would oftentimes draw to a mountain or to a mountainside to be alone and to pray. We find that before Jesus selected the disciples, he went alone to a lonely place to pray. So even though we can pray from our own homes and we can pray anywhere, there's value in having a specified place to go and pray whether it's a special prayer room at your home or wherever it is that God has directed you to. And so on our eighth anniversary, I was, again, wanting to bring a message of inspiration to our people, that they would understand the value and the benefit of remaining disciplined in coming to sit before the Lord in our prayer room. And the message that the Lord gave me, beloved ones, is a parallel reality. In other words, as we understand where we can actually go in God, if we will fully give ourselves to him, that is enough, beloved, to motivate us to seek him and to pray. You see, I believe that there's a place that you and I can ascend to in the spirit that I'm calling a parallel reality. I'm calling it a parallel reality because it's a reality that exists above the reality that we walk in when we're walking in the natural realm. In other words, when men are living in the natural realm, they're conscious of the material world. They're conscious of circumstances. They're limited in their thoughts. They exist only in time and in space. Their mind is controlled by the paradigm of the world. And men that live in the natural world, beloved, will be trapped in that sphere and never be able to move beyond it. But Jesus came to bring us into a different reality. I'm calling it a parallel reality. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I'm calling it a parallel reality because it exists right above the natural realm that we live in, hovering just over it, 
but it exists, beloved, listen now, in space and time just like we do. When Jesus came from heaven and broke into our world by being born of a virgin Mary, by growing up and ministering, he broke into our world to bring us, beloved, into eternal life, which I'm calling a parallel reality. You see, Jesus exists here and now. There's a parallel reality that exists for us here and now that's outside of our circumstances, outside of the material world, outside of space, outside of your family genetics and family history. It's outside of the natural known world. It exists here and now. It's a parallel reality, and Jesus is that parallel reality. When he came to this world, most people didn't recognize him. The Bible tells us, we're going to see in a second, that he came into the world and the world was made through him. And yet when he came, the scripture says, the world did not recognize him. So here he was, the son of God broke into our world. When he cast out the demon, he said, if I cast out the demon by the finger of God, know that the kingdom of God is broken in. This parallel reality is now broken into your world and it exists now among you. We can enter in, we can also break in to this parallel reality called the kingdom of God if we will put certain principles, beloved, into operation in our life. You see, you need to believe and I need to believe that we can experience so much more than we're presently experiencing. That there is another dimension, a parallel reality, the reality of the kingdom of God that we can enter into and in which all things will pass away all things will become new. We'll be walking in the freedom and in the victory that Christ Jesus promised us. See, the Bible tells us in Messiah Jesus, we can reign in life. Jesus said that we've been raised with him and are now seated with him in the heavenly places. I want to talk to you today about how you can break in to this parallel reality. How you can break into a world that's not limited by the natural. Jesus said all things are possible for those that believe. I want to talk to you today about breaking into this other sphere of reality. I want to talk to you about what you can do, practical steps that you can take, that if you'll give yourself wholeheartedly to breaking into this freedom that Jesus promised for you, you're going to enter into it. And Jesus said, when the sun sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. And as Christians, discerning God's voice amongst life's conflicting voices is challenging. And that's why Rabbi Schneider has created a free, powerful new talk, a guide to hearing God's voice. He'll equip you with tools so you can clearly know when God is speaking. Go to myfreegift.com forward slash hearing and get your free copy today. To become a blessing in someone's life today, get in touch to partner with us. Our mission is to prepare the world for Jesus' return, and your financial gift is channeled directly toward this worthy cause. Take your first step today by calling 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. Or visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Your contribution will equip others for Messiah's return. And now here is Rabbi Schneider with the rest of today's message. Beloved ones, join me now as we consider practical steps that we can take to enter into this parallel reality that Jesus said is the kingdom, hallelujah, of God. The first step, beloved, to enter in 
is desire. Desire is the beginning. I'm going to begin, beloved ones, with Psalm number 73, 25. Hear the word of God. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, get this now, I desire nothing on earth. I want to key in on this word desire. Desire is the prerequisite. It's the flame. It's the combustion engine that will drive us to enter into this alternative reality. The psalmist says, I desire nothing on earth. Desire, beloved, unlocks the river of life into our souls. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We're talking about hungering. We're talking about desire. We're talking about a desire that burns so strong that it draws forth the wells of salvation, the spirit of Elohim, the spirit of God into our being. Desire unlocks, beloved, the things of God, the passion of God, the Holy Spirit's fullness. It releases him into our lives. Blessed are those, Jesus said, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for God, for they shall be satisfied. We're talking about entering into an alternative reality called eternal life. And the number one prerequisite to enter into this is an extreme desire, a fierce desire, a desire that will not be satisfied until it lays a hold of that thing for which it seeks. You know, Jacob took a hold of God and said to God, I will not let you go until you bless me. His desire fastened him onto the Lord in such a way that God could not do anything but release that thing into Jacob's life for which he longed for. Desire is the first prerequisite to enter into this parallel reality. Psalm number 42, verse 1, hear the word of God. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. Here the psalmist is crying out, as the deer pants for water. Water was the life that the deer needed. Water was what the deer needed to survive. And notice the hunger in the psalmist's heart here. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, O God. This is not a general thirst. This is a passionate, fiery, focused thirst that says, Lord, I want you more than anything else on earth, and I'm going to die unless I can receive you. Desire is the first prerequisite to entering into the kingdom. But where do we get desire? Where does desire come from? You can't coach desire. In other words, you can't give somebody motivation. You can't give somebody desire. So where does desire come from? One of the keys, beloved one, to having an extreme desire, to having an extreme thirst for God that will cause breakthrough in your life into the alternate reality that Jesus called the kingdom of God that I'm declaring today, one of the prerequisites to having desire is having a belief, having a faith that you can have, that you can possess, dear child of God, what Jesus said you can possess, that you can have, child of God, what God said you can have. Unless you believe that the realities of the kingdom can really be yours, 
Unless you believe that you can really walk in the fullness as the scriptures promise that you can, you won't have a desire. You won't have motivation. So in order to have desire, we must have belief. We must have faith that we can have what God says we can have and that God is who he said he is and that his word is true. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. Notice here once again, he's saying here that if we don't have faith, we can't please God. It says we need to have faith, number one, that God is. And secondly, the author of Hebrews says, we need to have faith that God's a rewarder of those that seek him. So if you're going to have a desire, you have to believe, number one, that God is real. He is who the word says he is. And that secondly, you can have what he says you can have. Ask and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open for you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. In order to have desire, we need to believe that if we do what Jesus said we should do, and if we would do these things that we're going to have him, we need to have faith that we will have him when we do these things. What things am I talking about? I'm talking about, beloved, leading a steadfast, disciplined life for the things of God, for the person of God, and doing the things that he says in his word that we should do to enter into the fullness of his kingdom. I love the scripture in the book of Romans, chapter number four. In Romans four, verse 19 through 21, we read about Abraham, who's called the father of all believers. Let's listen to what he says here. It says, Abraham, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead. In other words, his body, beloved one, the scripture says, was as good as dead when it came to bearing children, because that's what this promise was about. The promise that we're reading here is about the fact that God told Abraham when he was still a relatively young man, that through Abraham's seed, that through the offspring of his body would come the lineage through whom the Messiah would come into the world and through whom the world would be saved. God said, in your seed, Abraham, all the world shall be saved. In your seed, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham, his whole life, he's waiting for this seed to come to pass. Nothing's happening. We know the story. And so he tries to take matters into his own hands and impregnates his maid, Hagar. He has a child by Hagar. God says, no, she's not your wife, Abraham, and, and her offspring is not this child of the promise. God says, it's going to be through your own wife, Sarah. Now, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah's in her 90s. And the scripture says here, now their bodies are as good as dead, meaning that these guys physically are over when it comes to having children. So let's continue again. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And so Abraham, who's called the father of us all, had a faith, beloved, that did not waver. And his faith is what fueled his action. It fueled his desire. It's what was the gasoline on his life 
They gave him the ability to do what God said he needed to do to get the breakthrough. We're gonna pick up next time, beloved children of God, on this theme called a parallel reality, how we can enter in to the sphere of eternal life that Jesus said belonged to the children of God, how we can walk in a supernatural peace, how we can live in supernatural joy, how we can live in victory over every circumstance, how we could be free from fear. Today we saw that it starts with desire, but in order to have desire, we must have faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Father, they've heard your word today. I thank you that faith is coming into their hearts, each and every one by your word, King Jesus, and I bless them in the love of God, in your holy name, King Jesus. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider, and his teaching on this subject is squarely founded in the Hebrew Bible. From this vantage point, Rabbi brings Jewish context and insights to the scriptures, which is a hallmark of this messianic ministry. And Rabbi can teach like this with freedom and boldness because of consistent prayers and financial support from people like you. Rabbi? God bless you, beloved one. You know what? I never decided that I was going to be a pastor or a messianic rabbi. My ministry is simply an overflow of my own walk with God. In fact, when I did decide to pursue biblical education, the biggest thing that I was desiring was to get a hold of God for myself. And what happened is the Lord raised me up because my overflow has become the ministry to you. In other words, my ministry is an overflow of my own walk with God. But now that the Lord has raised me up to preach the gospel all over the world, I need your financial help because without you, beloved ones, I can't do it. I want you to know when you sow into this ministry, become a partner with us, you're gonna have a reward for all the souls that are being changed through this ministry. So if the Holy Spirit's leading you, I just encourage you, be obedient immediately, and you're gonna be blessed for it when Jesus returns. Thank you and shalom. You can give a donation to this ministry by connecting with us in one of these ways. First call 800-777-7835. You can also send your gift in the mail. The address to use is Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. And as an expression of our gratitude for your gift, we're going to provide Rabbi Schneider's Message of the Month. It's available as a digital download so that you can listen anytime or anywhere you wish. We'll also send you our current ministry newsletter as a source of encouragement to you. Our monthly partners are friends who agree to give a gift every month. And as a monthly partner, you can multiply the impact of your generosity over the course of the year. And we're deeply grateful for those who stand with us in this way. To become a monthly partner right now, go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now to say thank you to our new monthly partners, we have a special gift to send. It's an authentic shofar made in Israel. And now here's Rabbi Schneider to speak a sacred blessing over us. Blessings trump curses. And in the book of Numbers chapter six, we find the ironic blessing that God commanded Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest, to speak over the children of Israel. There's power in blessing, beloved ones. So take part in receiving Father's blessing upon your life today. Yahweh, Vayish Marecha. Yair Yahweh, 
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance. And the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries, and I'm your host, Dustin Roberts. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider discusses a parallel reality. That's coming up Wednesday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Discovering the Jewish Jesus.